Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. What's up, guys? Welcome back to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who reached out after our last new episode. Um, If you guys didn't listen to that one, I did take a bit of a break from the podcast to kind of focus on myself and get aligned again in life, and I had a lot of guilt for not posting for such a long time, and it was kind of hard for me to dive back into episodes, so So I'm slowly coming back. I'm going to do two a month and then work back up to once a week. And I have an amazing new assistant who's helping me out as well. Her name's Lauren. So give Lauren some love, you guys, because she's really helping me so much. Um, And it means a lot um, that those of you reached out and encouraged me or said, you know, you're excited about hearing new episodes. So thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. Uh, This week, there's been a lot of stuff happening on TikTok. Uh, If you guys were on that yesterday, which was July 6th, there was a ton of glitches and people were losing likes and profiles wouldn't load and it was just a hot mess and TikTok tweeted about it and said that they were working on getting it fixed. It reminded me of what happened, I think, last September, September 2020, when I think Trump tweeted something about TikTok or said something about it in uh, an interview and then the app crashed and we all thought like it was over. We were done for. Um, so it was, it was a little bit like that where the app was just totally glitching out. Um, but it looks like it is back up and running. I know people were saying videos they posted yesterday um, didn't get any reach. So I'm one of those people. I'm going to be reposting something I uploaded yesterday which is why it's always a great idea to edit outside of the app so that if that happens, you don't have to download it and then it be worse quality when you repost it. Uh, So today I'm going to be sharing with you guys an interview from my friend Emily Deal. She is a musician in Nashville. She is hilarious. Her content is just so fun and I think you guys are going to really enjoy hearing from her. There were a few little uh, app update type things that I wanted to share with y'all. I saw a article that TikTok is testing a feature that is like Cameo. So it's going to be kind of a Cameo competitor. This is like a very small testing group. Apparently, I have not seen it personally, but I've seen screenshots of it. So basically, it's the same concept of gifting like you do in a live stream, but you would gift someone to get a personalized video, which makes sense because we see a lot of apps like Cameo popping up right now and other kind of monetization type apps like kind of like Patreon, but they're offering more like customized like Q&A type stuff. So that looks like it's something that's being tested. Also, I know a lot of people have seen this beta, but basically it is a gifting feature on videos. So a person can gift you like a sticker on a video and I assume they would get some kind of 
I don't know, no notoriety or like some there. I, I don't know if it would be like a shout out or like it would say who gifted that sticker or what. I haven't seen it in action. I've seen screenshots of it and I got a notification that I could gift certain people. So if you've seen that feature, if you know any more about it, let me know. It looks like it's going to be really interesting. Um, it's funny because in the TikTok terms of service in like 2018, it opened up a type of monetization like this. It mentions something like this. So it's cool that it's finally coming around. And it's exciting to see these other monetization features that are, you know, coming out because you, we all know the creator fund does not pay great. Um, so we're seeing more monetization features being rolled out. To me, the biggest drawback is that TikTok's probably still going to take a pretty big chunk of that uh, spend, if you will, because usually with coins, it's a 50-50 split and the creator gets 50 and the app takes 50% like in live streaming. But I think that that percentage has gone up um, within the last year when they changed the gifts. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if this really does help creators or if it just helps TikTok make more money. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I have not seen any of those in action yet. But I'm excited that there is more opportunities because the goal is to help creators be able to make an income from their platform. And it's exciting that there's going to be more opportunities for that. So I will stop talking your ear off and we will jump into the interview with Emily. Just a quick reminder that we do have our Facebook community. It is tiktok-squad.com. You guys can join it, ask any questions. Someone had posted in it yesterday, is the app glitching? And I'm like, yes, it's not just you. Um, so it's a great place to kind of get your questions answered. And if you want to stay up to date on the trends and everything, make sure you guys text trend to the number down in the description in the show notes. Um, I have a texting blast that I send out whenever I find a new trend that I think you guys should hop on. And I'm trying not to like blow up y'all's phones. I usually send out one a week, um, sometimes two or three. So it kind of just depends on what I'm what I'm seeing on my for you page. So with that being said, let's jump into this week's interview with Emily Deal. Hey guys, welcome back to TikTok Radio. I have a special guest with us here today. We have Emily Deal, who is a singer, songwriter, and she's also a children's book author and has so many cool things going on. Emily, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. So you've come up on my For You page for a long time. I think the first thing was your music video that you filmed in one shot, but backwards in Las Vegas. <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit about you and kind of how you got started on TikTok. I always love hearing what people saw first, actually. <laughs> it's always like, it's always something different and it's it feels like I've been on TikTok for 45 years. Right? So, this year feels only... like 45 years, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. And that's what I was going to say. It's only been since February. And it's like, well, that's because 2020 has felt that long. But yeah, like if you're like me, you've been just putting in the work on TikTok. And that's why it's taken on so many different forms for me. But it all started in February. I had just literally signed up. And sort of against my own will, actually, my friend, <laughs> my friend who I was like, I wasn't anti-social media. I just was almost afraid of it. Like I overthought everything I put out there. I just to the point where I just did not post anything. 
and I have been an aspiring artist, you know, I'm a singer songwriter and I just kind of, I was just almost too scared to put myself out there on social media. Like it just didn't make sense to me. And my one friend had helped me get over that hump on Instagram and TikTok comes around and she was like, I don't know what to tell you. You, you have to get on this app. It is literally <laughs> blowing up musicians' careers. Like it's blowing songs up. You have to get on it. And so naturally, of course, I was like, no, absolutely not. That app is so stupid. I like, oh my God, everything I see on there, I cringe so hard. Like <laughs> I am not going to do this until one day again, she made me get on it and I'm so grateful for it. So I just started by like, just trying to figure it out. Like I just posted random stuff and then she kind of helped me see like, maybe try some stuff that's like trending. Maybe try to use some of the like things that other people are using, try using the sounds or whatever. And I saw on Valentine's Day that love song covers was trending. And I, a huge part of my brand is like anti-love, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but like always getting ghosted, like horrible dating life. So like th I thought that was really funny. So I was like, I'm gonna do a parody love song cover about how horrible dating is in 2020. And I did it to like the tune of like, I'm gonna lose you from Megan Trainer and John Legend. And it blew up overnight, like 2 million views. Yeah, and it was like, what is this app? <laughs> Oh my gosh, what is TikTok? Like it was my first like, okay, I think I understand why I'm supposed to get on this app now because it it wasn't just like, oh, this is a cool video. It was like, people were going to my Spotify. People were starting to go to my Instagram. People were going to my YouTube channel. Like yeah. they were very, and because of that one little tiny 45 second parody song I wrote, now invested in all the art I was making, which was the first time in my entire life that had ever happened and I've been at this for over 10 years now and it was the first time and it has just taken on so many different forms and shapes which we can get into but that's sort of what it became for me was okay now how do I really really promote myself as an artist and my music on this app and that's what I've started to learn and I'm still learning how to do truthfully. Honestly, it's been so cool to see how TikTok has helped so many artists. Like, I think, you know, we see all the influencers and everyone like Charlie D'Amelio blowing up, but kind of on the back end of that is the music side of it. And like how these music labels are really invested in TikTok and TikTok runs the top charts. So when an artist is mm -hmm. able to get a song viral on TikTok, that's when you start seeing those songs in the top 40, you know, yep. trending on Spotify. There's several artists um, that I follow on TikTok that have been on the spot on some of the Spotify top playlists. So it's really cool to see that, you know, you don't have to be signed with, you know, Universal Music Group to be or exactly. to have your songs trending, which is it's kind of cool because it puts the power like back with the artist instead mm -hmm. of it being like this big record label. So I love that. And you had a good point about people being able to go to other platforms like a lot of times people say tiktok's a discovery app because it kind of helps people find you but then they follow you in other areas like i remember watching your music video on youtube because you posted kind of the teasers and i was like oh wait this looks really cool so then i went to your youtube yeah. channel and i watched it and i was like wait this is awesome also 
I was like, this girl's a trained dancer because I'm a former professional dancer. So I was like, okay, this girl's a real dancer. <laughs> like when I saw you, when I saw so you like choreographing it, I was like, okay, she's the real deal. So, okay. Once you got on TikTok, you know, your videos started blowing up. What did kind of like your friends and family think about all of a sudden, like you're getting all of these views? <laughs> Great question. I think at first everyone was just confused. <laughs> everyone was like, and sort of skeptical too, because it was like, this seems like too good to be true. Right. Or like, what's really the deal here? And it was also like, even in February, like even in February of this year, the app is as unknown as everything is now. It was even more unknown in February. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like, we still don't really know how this all works. We still don't really know how this algorithm they speak of works. And that was my dad's whole thing was, you know, how are you going to turn this into a business? Like, how are you going to make money from this? And, but also all of my friends and they didn't know anything about the app. So it was, it was really interesting in the beginning. Cause I think everyone was just a little confused. And so I kind of kept, I kept posting and, and nothing really took off. And so that kind of like the skeptical nature of my family I guess it kind of lessened because they're like, oh, this is just like another social media app. Yeah. And then I put out the video for my music video that I did in reverse and that blew up yeah. even bigger than the first parody song I did. And that was the moment I think that everyone started to believe, oh my gosh, this app might actually change your life. Like this is actually because it went from being this funny parody song I made to now I have figured out how to promote my art on this app because right. all I did was film a video about how I did it and put that 60 second video on TikTok. And like you said, from that, you went and watched my YouTube and then all of these opportunities started flooding in. And suddenly I live in Nashville. Suddenly people started reaching out to me from Nashville. Like I got a sync deal through that. And I got suddenly all these people started, I guess, started just knowing my, no, knowing my name is a strong way to put it, but it just became something that people knew about. Like it was like, oh, you're the girl who did the reverse music video. I saw that on TikTok. And then after that, there was all these different snowball effects of different things that I did. But, but that I think was the beginning where it felt to my family like they've been right by my side for the last 10 years. They've seen me struggle. They've seen all the heartbreak and rejection and failure. And they saw for the first time that it was like, it's all she's needed this whole time is to just get her stuff out there to people, to a lot of people for them to see it. And that is what TikTok provided me was just the platform to, if your stuff is good, like if you have something to say, if it's entertaining, if, you know, if you're really putting the work in and you're a good creative, that it will give you the platform to potentially be seen by millions and millions of people. Yeah. And that's what it did for me. And then I think everyone kind of became a believer. And I think a lot of my friends joined after that too, actually. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I feel like TikTok has done the most for the music industry since MySpace. Like I truly yeah. think like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, like really aren't conductive to the music industry but now with tiktok it's music based so mm -hmm. man it's just such a powerful platform and it's so cool to see artists be able to have that visibility that they couldn't get because of youtube algorithm and instagram yeah. and, and yeah, all because of that algorithm which is crazy i've actually heard that tiktok is trying to now become a music label 
Yeah. Yeah. They become like a distribution company. I think that crazy. they, so I think that they're like lice. I don't even know exactly how it works on the back end, but basically they are signing artists. Like I think that they sign artists to TikTok so that they can license uh, their music or something. Uh, okay. I don't know exactly how it works. I really haven't looked into it too much, but I know that like in January last year, we went and met with Universal Music Group and that's when they were first noticing TikTok and they were like, we're looking to work with TikTokers. So most people don't even realize is that most of the viral songs on TikTok, like if you see Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Rae and the Hype House and all of those, you know, teenagers doing TikToks to a song, they're probably being paid to promote it by a music group. So like, it's almost like the music groups still kind of have that in where they're ruling the charts by like plugging their artists and they're being paid, like, you know, these TikTokers being paid to use the music. But on the other side of it, like you can't pay for viral videos. Like you, there's like your video that BB Rexa or your audio. Tell our listeners a little bit about that because that was so cool. Yeah, something I did. You're right. I didn't pay for it. That just yeah, happened. you can't pay for it though. You know, like yeah. Sarah V, like the these viral TikTok brands that are that go and sell out everywhere. You know, brands can't make that happen. Brands right. can't say, you know, make a sponsored ad for me. That's like the word of mouth advertising that's so powerful. Right. Yeah. The BB Rexa thing. It's actually a really interesting story because of the timing of it all. Actually, so. I had just come off this whole viral journey that I did for promoting my song, My Baby Hates Me, where I was doing outrageous shit every day to promote my song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it all came to an end. Like we did several, several days. It came to an end because I basically just had to move on to the next project and we were really tired. We put in a lot of work for that (laughs) series, if you will. And I stopped posting from like that time until the time I kind of started promoting my next song, which was this song I have called Bloody Love Song. And I stopped posting just because I like needed a mental break. I needed to like finish this video. I was trying to finish the My Baby Hates Me video and start the Bloody Love Song video. And I was trying to promote the song. So I just kind of needed like a mental break and I stopped posting and I guess, wasn't aware of all these things that happen when you start posting. I guess your views go down when you start posting again and all these things that I guess, I guess no one really knows for sure. Right, right. Real. But I did start posting again and I was promoting my next song and I wasn't getting any views and I was like, great. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Trying to promote this song I'm getting ready to release. And it had been weeks of that. And then we were kind of like, well, I guess we're going to have to like, reevaluate you know marketing plan for this song because like tiktok does, does not have my back right now like this is these videos aren't doing anything and we were like sitting here having a meet i was having a meeting with my manager and my phone is just like blowing up and it had been blowing up all day but i just wasn't like i had too many things to do so i wasn't clicking on the app finally i was like what does tiktok want like what is happening <laughs> i clicked on it and saw BB Rex's face all in my comments. And I was like, and then I clicked on it and she had used my sound, which incorporated my song, Ew. My song is called Ew. <laughs> and we were just like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> and it was like, it had already had like a million views or something. And TikTok was going crazy because 
in the caption, she said she wrote it. So TikTok was just like, you didn't write this. Emily Deal wrote this. Like, but it was like, I mean, in my mind, I was like, this is so cool. Like I'm watching BB Rexa like speak to like my voice and like song is That's like on insane. video. Yeah, it was crazy. And she posted it to Instagram and she posted it to Twitter. So my phone was just like left and right, just blowing up. And it was so interesting because I was the Tuesday before the Friday, I was releasing my brand new song. And I had released Ew a year ago, basically at that point. I had released it like last October and nothing came of it. Like I wasn't on TikTok at the time. Like it was just kind of my first song I was releasing in this little collection of songs that I'm in the middle of right now, the children's book and all that that you mentioned earlier. So she makes a video to it and boom, all of a sudden, ooh, has its heyday. <laughs> and it has its moment. It has its moment a year later. And I was, so then actually the next day, I think it was the next day or a couple of days later, Charlie Poofs duets me in the same so video. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. In the same video that BB Rexa used the sound from. And so we're like, me and my manager were just like running circles around like my apartment. Like, what do we do? Like, this is crazy. And it was crazy because Friday comes and I release the new song and nobody cares. Everyone only wants to hear about ew. And it was like this crazy bittersweet moment of like, I worked so hard on this new thing, but like, how can I be upset? Like, it was also my song and it's just having this moment and it was almost like, we're just going to have to put Bloody Love Song on the back burner right now because it was really having a moment right now. <laughs> People are really, really loving this. So yeah, I mean, shout out to BB Rexa for, for using that sound. And in the sound, I said, this is a song I wrote about men. It's called Ew. And so I that's why she made the caption that though, probably. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes, that's why she made the caption that. Like, this is a song I wrote. What do you think? But TikTok didn't like that very yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did she tag you? She didn't tag me, no. Oh, I God. think that was, yeah, that was the part TikTok had a hard time with. And there was, I think, honestly, the reason why my reaction to her went so viral was because of all of the controversy. Right. Was just everyone wanted to weigh in on how they thought BB should have handled it. And I think, you know, she put it up on Instagram and she put it up on Twitter and she didn't tag me in those either, but she also said in her caption, should I release this song I just wrote? Wait, okay. That makes me feel weird. (laughs) Okay. It was a a little... I was going to give her the benefit of the doubt that she was just playing off the lyrics, but like, ooh, girl, that's a little spicy. I know. I will say I got a lot of phone calls when it <laughs> different people in my team. Like, wait Did a she second. say anything to you personally? She didn't, no. Which she oh, actually wow. deleted. She deleted the Instagram post. Twitter is still up and TikTok is still up. But no, I never heard from her. It was a little like, oh, if you could have just tagged me. <laughs> Maybe this could have been huge. But at the end of the day, like, I've had, had lots of different feelings about it you know, it helped me bring awareness to this song. So yeah. I gotta just choose to be grateful for so it. So did that translate to followers slash Spotify plays or streams for you? It did. More, I would say more so TikTok followers 
And I would say that's sort of why it would have been great if she had tagged me because I don't think a lot of people realized that it was a real song until I used that momentum to then bring awareness to the fact that it was a real song. So it was only those people that were then coming to my page from that video that got to see, this is a real song, it's on Spotify, here's how I made it, here's the backstory behind it. It wasn't, you know, the entire TikTok world, which felt like I think she got like 15 million views on that video. Oh man. See, sometimes I feel like celebrities don't realize like that she could have made such an impact for you if she just tagged you. But then I'm like, do they, like, if I make a TikTok, I'm not always thinking about who made the original sound either. So, like, maybe she just wasn't thinking and just thought it was a viral sound. I think so, too. You know, like, they're people, too. But at the same time, I'm like, y'all, you got to tag people. (laughs) Well, that's what I always think. Like, I've had so many people bring this up to me and talk to me about it. And, like, she knows. I, I've heard a lot about her journey to, like, becoming successful. And I know she knows about the struggle. And, like, she knows how hard it is in the beginning. So because I know that, like, that's what you're, like, what you're saying. Like, we're yeah. all people and you're right. And I think some of us through different experiences have a better understanding of that. And because it's taken me so long, like, I think I would be so hyper aware of that when I get to that level that, like, yo, you can change someone's life literally by tagging, by tagging them. Yeah. It's not hard. Just it's not, them. it's free. It's free. It's, advertising. free. it's nothing to you. Just give them credit and you could actually change their life. But it, like, it, like I said, you got to choose gratitude at the end of the day. Cause had that not happened, I mean, I think I got a hundred thousand new followers from it. So that's pretty good. Yeah. That's something. Good. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing but gratitude in my heart now. So and did Charlie <laughs> tag you though, Charlie Puth? Well, so it's interesting on TikTok. So because he like duetted it. Yeah, he duetted it. Okay. So my original thing, like you can go click on my page from the duet. But also the reason why TikTok is interesting in that is because if it does include, well, first of all, you can click on the original sound on TikTok. You know, right. from anyone. Also, because there was an actual song in it, TikTok has this, like, I think it's a newish feature where it says at the bottom of the video, featuring music by mm-hmm. Emily Deal, ew. So it also had that in her TikTok, and it also had that in Charlie Puth's TikTok. I don't think a lot of people necessarily notice it, yeah. That. Yeah, but that's the reason why, like, legally or, like, otherwise, like, hey, it's right there. You know, yeah. you can click on it. It's there for people to see if they want to see it. I think for Instagram and Twitter, none of that is there. Right. Which is the sticky part of it all. But yeah, so Charlie, I guess, essentially tagged me because it said duet with Emily Deal. So that's <laughs> that was wild. great. I think it's so interesting, though, because TikTok really does kind of bridge this gap between celebrities and normal humans. I mean, they're normal yeah. humans, too. But, you know, like yeah, for sure that a celebrity can do at your video. I saw a video on my For You page that was like, do you ever think about how you could be on a celebrity's For You page? Yeah. Like, I could be on Lizzo's For You page right now. And I think about that all the time. Like, I'm like, like, I have a few people that have followed me and I'm like, why did they follow me? Like, are they yeah. watching my videos? <laughs> like, I think about that all the time too. And I saw a video like that once as well. And I was like, oh my God, what is weird like, to think exciting, about? It's scary thing. <laughs> it's like terrifying. Well I, think, well, I think what's crazy about TikTok, I was actually just thinking about this like last night or the night before, but 
you have no idea when you, if you go to your like analytics and you see how many people are clicking on your profile every day, like how many people are actually seeing your stuff? Like how many people, how many times TikTok is putting your videos in front of people's faces is terrifying. <laughs> I was looking at my analytics and I was like, wow, I get more views a week than people who voted in the uh, United States election. Like that's oh my stupid to think about. Like that's God. insane. That is insane. <laughs> you really like sit and think about it too long, you're going to be like, ah, I'm never posting again. Like I think some people <laughs> struggle with that though. Like I think sometimes, especially coming from a background without having, you know, experience on social media that like suddenly this visibility can be like paralyzing to people of like, mm -hmm. I hear, I mean, I've talked to bigger creators, like, like seven, eight, nine, 10 million followers that say like, you know, I get really bad anxiety before I post because mm -hmm. at that point you feel like you're under a microscope. Like if one post doesn't do well, then it's like, Ooh, what are they doing wrong? You know? Yeah. So I don't think people realize that there's almost, yes, it's hard to grow. Like, yes, you're putting in the work and it, it does feel like a lot of pressure, but even it's not any different at a bigger level. In fact, I think sometimes those people have more pressure to mm -hmm create viral videos and if it doesn't perform well their self-worth is wrapped up in it so the growing uh, period is almost the most freeing period because you can do whatever you want and it might do well and it might not but no one's sitting in an armchair judging you wow that's like some truth right there <laughs> like I didn't start thinking about that until recently really because I feel like you naturally like when you are in the growing period you get bent out of shape when things don't do well or you get like sort of discouraged or like, or like your anxiety is wrapped up in how to make this perfect thing. For me, it was like, if I don't make the perfect TikTok to put this out there, then my song will bomb and it will not do anything. And everyone around me is going to be disappointed. And it all relies on me creating the perfect way to present this to my TikTok audience. And that was like debilitating and crippling at a lot of different moments. And that's only been since February. And I really just recently started thinking about like, what about when Ed Sheeran releases a new song and it yeah. doesn't do as well as the last one? Like how many people he has around him who are relying on him, on his success to be just as high as the last song? every single time and how much pressure that must that be. That is so much pressure just to think about. Yeah. And it's the same. It's the same with these huge social media influencers. And, you know, when you get into the millions and it's like all the same, it's just on different levels. And I think maybe when you're in the growing period, that's when it's important to, it's important to focus on your mental health always. Oh, but, yeah. it, you know, it's always important to just keep perspective in mind, you know, like be grateful that this platform exists. Be grateful that you can create freely. Be grateful that you have a platform where you feel like you can be yourself and like use that as your incentive and use that as your motive behind every post and don't let that change as you keep growing and growing and growing. Yeah, it's definitely a mental health battle online for sure. Yeah. Dealing with not only the pressure to kind of go viral, because I think with TikTok over other platforms, people 
think that they should top every video should be better than the next one. And that's just not mm-hmm. how it happens. I mean, brand new accounts on Instagram are happy if they get one view on a video just because there's zero yeah. visibility on there. But I also think, you know, having the input and opinions of so many different people can also be really hard on our mental health. So how do you kind of cope with the visibility you're getting and surely the negativity that comes along with that? Yeah. I actually am in the middle of a 48-hour rest right now. (laughs) So this is a great time to talk about that. I struggle with it. I will be the first to tell you that I struggle with it. I think, I don't know if artists struggle with it more than other creatives. That's something I I talk to people a lot about because I want to understand. I think artists by nature are insecure we just naturally are insecure. And we also do put our ourselves and our like self-worth and there's a part of our ego attached in what we put out. So when it fails or when it, you know, when you get criticism, when you get hate, which is louder and louder and louder the more you grow, it feels like a personal attack, you know, on yourself and your self-worth and your ability and your talent. And naturally, if you're insecure, it can be so debilitating. And so I think the way I have learned to cope with it is by focusing on my craft, first and foremost, to just whenever I get like bummed out or whenever, you know, the hate gets really loud or you put something out that just doesn't do well, it's like, just go back to focusing on your craft then. Go back to doing what you love because you love it. And the success later will follow or film that thing. Just film yourself being yourself, like film yourself, just sitting around playing guitar, just film yourself like, or film yourself in a moment. That's like, that is vulnerable. Like, Hey, like, I don't feel great about this or like whatever. Then that becomes another way for you to feel better about having these low moments because people are going to be receptive to that. You know, that's a natural feeling and just sort of like removing this, idealistic perfect artist I guess or perfect creator that you think you have to be to be successful or to go viral or to do any of these things that's what I try to do I try to remove that pressure from my brain and I try to just go back to my craft and just focus on my craft and that always makes me feel better because it just reminds me of why I'm doing it and I think when you're attached to going viral and when you're attached to getting praise and when you're attached to, you know, those things, your reason for doing it becomes those things. Mm -hmm. And those things will never make you happy. Even if you get them over and over and over again, the anxiety that will fill you, like, you, you know, you're saying with these bigger creators, the anxiety that will fill you before you post to need, to need the outside praise will never make you happy. So you kind of have to just take a step back and be like, remind yourself why you're doing it and focus more on that when you get in that headspace and fill yourself up and then the rest of it will follow. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because I remember when I first started growing on TikTok, when I first started putting effort into TikTok back in December of last year, I remember just thinking, oh, if I can just get to 100,000 followers, I'll be happy. And playing that game of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll be content when yep. I get to this number. Oh, I'll be content. Like on Instagram, I was like, I'll be content when I hit 50,000 followers. Okay, I'll be content when I hit this. 
And it's, yep. I promise you guys, you will never be content. Like nope. <laughs> that you think, Oh, well, if I could just have a hundred thousand followers, like my life would be so much easier. It's not, trust me. Like, yes, there are opportunities that open up with that, but there's also the pressure and just so many other things that go along with it. I think yeah. that people don't realize. And I think it's so easy to sit up here and like, be like, Oh, my life is so hard, you know, but I don't want anyone to think about it like that. I just want people to be aware that, you know, I think there's so much, what's the word? Like where people idolize this concept of having a, a lot of followers and they think that's going to solve all their problems, but like your content still has to be good. Like I can't well, just post crappy videos and they go viral. Like I still have to put the same work I put in mm -hmm. at 900,000 that I had to put at 50,000 or even 10,000 or 1,000. Exactly. And I think if you see it only as a number, do you want to go viral for something that's so stupid or possibly embarrassing or like humiliating that you did specifically so you could get that amount of followers? So let's say, you know, you do and you reach a hundred thousand followers because of it, then you're going to be a slave to that. Forever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I talked about that on one episode. I think like you can't go into it wanting to go viral because yeah people do a lot of stuff to go viral. Like if you look at these mega influencers like Jake Paul and Tana Mojo, and I mean, Logan Paul almost ruined his entire career trying to get the next viral, like biggest viral moment. So, I mean, we see that I think in these big creators is, you know, it's all about the views. And when you become a slave to the views, you lose yourself Completely. and you have to know, like, what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known as the person doing publicity stunts? And do you right. want people to follow you for something that's not you? I think right. that's kind of what it all boils down to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because you will become sort of a slave is probably a, a dramatic way to put it, but you have to keep doing it. You right. know? That's what people are going to see. So those a hundred thousand people that follow you because of that, they're going to want to keep seeing you do it. Yeah. So that, if that part of it doesn't make you happy, then you will be forever unhappy. Like if you have to be happy about what you're putting out, that part of it has to fill you with joy. And I think, I do think that's why a lot of artists struggle with it because a lot of us think, well, we're not content creators. We're artists. We create content for the art that we have. Yeah. If we work for the art, then we wouldn't have anything else. And so I think a lot of artists won't join TikTok. They refuse to do it because they see it that way. They see it as like a sellout. When the reality of it is, I enjoy being able to put together a 60 second story too that could potentially make people understand the song I just put out or make right. people understand the video I just put out. And I don't think that's selling out because I really, really, really enjoy it. And just in tying this all together, it's, it's the times where I don't, I really find myself full of anxiety or like right now having to take like a 48 hour break from looking at the app or posting whatever it is where I really was I wasn't enjoying what I was putting out I was doing it for a different reason I was doing it for the views I was doing it for something that was not the purest of motives I guess yeah so like let that always be your guide is this the right intention am I doing this for the right reason does it make me happy and then if you can say yes then 
then that's what you put out there. Yeah. And I think it's so important to have that reset time too, of like, you know, just taking a break. And I think we get so wrapped up in it. I mean, I know I can spend hours on TikTok and Mm -hmm. sometimes it just all boils down to me watching stuff being like, why didn't my video do that good? Like once you're starting to get into that phase, (laughs) take a step back and get back to your content because you're going to drive yourself absolutely insane. Yes. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about how, you know, you mentioned a lot of artists don't see themselves as content creators. And I'm assuming before TikTok, you, you weren't really creating video content, like short form video content. How did you kind of teach yourself those skills? Because, you know, creating content isn't just you wake up and film something on your phone. A lot of times, you know, you're having to edit and film. So what steps did you kind of take to create content for the app and teach yourself how to be more of a content creator and not just an artist? Yeah, that's a really great question. I pretty much just taught myself and I will say that I did enjoy it. So it was easy to keep learning. It wasn't something that was like, oh my God, I have to do this again. It was like, this is pretty cool. Like video editing and like figuring all these apps out. But because you're right, no, I didn't do it at all. In fact, I went from in a matter of a few months editing together my first video for TikTok to actually filming and directing my own music video because I enjoyed it so much. So I think the skills that you kind of learn from it can sort of melt into a bunch of different areas of your life. But sorry, that still doesn't answer your question. I think it was (laughs) actually through... (laughs) I think it was actually through TikTok. I, so TikTok has all these different worlds you can sort of enter into on your For You page. And I started seeing videos, how-to videos to use these different video editing apps. Mm. And I think I saw, like the first one I saw was for InShot. And it was just a simple little tutorial of how to do something. And so I liked it. So I started seeing more videos like that on my For You page. So I started downloading a bunch of different apps and I just edited in that first video I made of the parody song, it was a very simple video edit. Edit It was like of two versions of myself talking to each other. And you know, you just learn, I just learned, okay, basic little video editing tips through that one video. And then took that into the next one that I made and then learned something new in the next one that I made. And then kind of continued to see these tutorials and how to do this and how to do that. And then took all those skills with me to the next one that I made. And also it really helps to pay attention to videos that you really enjoy because they can give you a good sense of little markers here and there of things you maybe should include in yours that you really liked about theirs, you know? I always say that. Like when you're wanting to be a content creator, I feel like I've said this a trillion times on this podcast, but like it's really important to pay attention to what works and what performs well and consume content from the lens of a creator and not from the lens of a consumer because you'll notice that there are little things like calls to action and the way videos are edited even like the quick cuts and the different angles like I'm really glad you said that because I feel like that's something that sometimes people miss is like making your content fit in with the other content is also really important but it's still making it stand out Mm -hmm. yeah like my friend told me that once like pay attention to your scrolling habits pay attention to the videos that you automatically flip to the next one. Pay attention to the ones that keep you for longer than three seconds, like, and why that keeps you for longer than three seconds. 
and pay attention to exactly like you said, like different camera angles here. Like I struggled so, 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 so hard with talking to the camera, just talking to the camera that I could not wrap my head around That's so funny because you're literally a performer. Like I would think that's like the last thing you had an issue with. (laughs) I know. It's insane. And I would be so much more comfortable with singing or dancing or, you know, putting together this epic video of how I made this video in reverse while mouthing the lyrics forward in the middle of the street. But like, ask me to just sit there and talk to the camera. I could not do it. So I had to watch video after video after video after video of just vlogs of just people just talking to the camera and just see what it was like like and I love that I just, <laughs> just like how to be a human how to be a human <laughs> figure it out but in that I discovered like so many things about the way that they would edit the videos and like zoom effects and they would cut off their like the tail end of their words sometimes to like make it funnier and you know, or like make it just so fast. Yeah. The different things they would say to, to just keep it interesting and to keep you invested. Had I not done any of that, I would not have the skills that I have now. Like it all yeah. comes from just learning from the things that you see in front of your face every day. Yeah. I think I sometimes I really stress like new creators will get on TikTok and they're trying to make a video but I think it's easy for us to look at creators and say, oh, well, you know, they have a big following. They already knew how to edit videos or, you know, yeah. they, they have someone else edit their videos for them or whatever. It's really easy for us to think that we can't do that. And like, I've edited like videos for fun ever since I was in middle school. So, cause I, so I think that the video editing is a very overwhelming part for some people, but like, mm-hmm. that's why yeah. I like people to talk about how they learned how to edit, because I think you know, we need to realize not everyone knew how to do this ahead of time. You know, a lot of people learned through TikTok. So do you mostly Mm -hmm. film on TikTok or do you edit and then upload to TikTok? Yeah, no, I'm actually really glad you asked me this too, because I have never even thought about this before, which is interesting. That's why I like interviewing people though, because I find there's so many things that we do that we don't even realize we did. Yeah, it's like, like it's crazy in, in thinking about that timeline too of like, you're right, I never even touched a video editing app in my life until TikTok came around, but now I love it. But no, actually, so I rarely film in TikTok. I mostly film stuff on my camera and then I edit it in Splice is the app I use. Same. I'm, really? I'm on the Splice ads, so I'm oh always like, oh my gosh, that's I funny. Splice. I love Splice. <laughs> love it. It's yes, so no, easy. I'm, it's so user-friendly and like self-explanatory. I can't speak highly enough of that app if you are looking for one. But so yeah, I found most of my stuff just on my phone and then I'll edit it in Splice and then upload to TikTok. Unless I'm doing something like a green screen, then I'll obviously film in TikTok you have or to. like yeah. Right, because you have to, or like a stitch or a duet. Those are all TikTok, you know, in-app things that you have to do. Otherwise, I'm, I strictly do it on my own time. I don't find that TikTok is the best with video editing. It, it kind of gives me anxiety a little bit. And maybe it's just because I don't fully understand it. But No, I feel the same. And my main reason that I'm not a fan of editing and filming in-app, unless, of course, that is like your only option, 
because then you can't repurpose content for other platforms. And that's right. actually what I was going to ask you. Have you been posting on IG Reels or like repurposing any of your content? Yes. So that's a recent thing for me. I have taken my Instagram. I think I've gained like 10,000 new followers in a matter of a couple of weeks just from posting That's amazing. IG. It's been insane and I have been working on my Instagram for a long time and like not seeing that follower number go up at all and I posted while I was home for Thanksgiving I didn't I was home and I didn't have anything to do and I just started taking TikToks shorter TikToks that have done really well and I just started posting to reels just like I'm just gonna see what happens because I hadn't gotten into reels yet really like I just it didn't seem very interesting right. to me and I didn't know anyone who was using it. And I also didn't know anyone who was scrolling through it. So I was like, eh, whatever. Like I'll discover this later if it becomes a thing. But like I said, I just didn't have anything to do on this particular night. So I tried and I woke up and I had like a hundred new followers, which on Instagram is like a lot. Oh, it is and, for sure. Yeah. And so I, I remember being like, what? Like, this is odd. And I, checked and one of my reels was actually this is a song I wrote about men it's called ew was doing really well and I was like okay this is interesting and then the next morning I woke up and I had like 300 new followers and I was like okay this is a thing now I think so then I just started taking all of them and I was just like let me see what can happen and I've I am now at almost 20,000 followers and before I did it I had like 8,000 something and that was just on the, over Thanksgiving. That's so, so cool. So I See, I love funny. hearing that because I've been saying since it came out, like you should definitely repurpose your content. So it's cool hearing mm -hmm. people actually getting real results. I mean, I've had some videos go viral. I don't know how viral, you know, is viral for Instagram <laughs> reels, but it's weird because sometimes it's the videos you don't expect to like one of them was a video that just yeah. like totally flopped on TikTok and I just posted it for fun to reels mm -hmm. to see how it would do. And then about after a week, it started getting followers or started getting views. So it's it weird. It does take a little bit longer. It's really weird. I'm not yeah. entirely as well versed on reels, but what I will say is YouTube shorts is coming out soon. So you should think about oh, posting wow. on YouTube. And if you use hashtag shorts in the title, and it's less than 90 seconds, it'll show up in people's feeds as like a short video. So fun fact. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So wait, this is, do you know when this is coming? I went to a webinar for it a couple months ago and they basically were just telling people to start posting because I think at some point it's going to be an in-app feed type of thing. But right now it's kind of like in people's homepages, like a stories kind of. So I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of tab or feed for it. But right now it's only videos you upload. I think eventually there will be a, a camera part of it in the, in gotcha. the app, which I think they're testing in India right now. So because India, like TikTok got banned in India. So I think they're kind of trying to swoop in there. Uh, so but, it's just videos that are automatically less than 90 seconds. Yes, they're going to put, and you have to put hashtag shorts in the title. Oh, okay. And, the and so then it'll like, it. it'll kind of pick them up. So it's going to be okay. interesting. I think that that could be really cool for people to grow their YouTube subscribers too. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm working on right now because YouTube really can be 
substantial amount of income if you really take it seriously. Okay, so really quick, we're about to wrap up, but I just wanted to ask you about being able to monetize your platform. So this is a question a lot of people ask is like, when are you able to start doing brand deals? Like, have you done any brand deals? So I always like asking people this, especially people that are creating content for kind of a business, which is, you know, you are a business as an artist. So have you monetized your platform in that way? Or are you more relying on like Spotify streams and stuff like that to supplement income? Definitely relying more on Spotify streams and YouTube views. I have gotten... I'm in the TikTok marketplace. I have not been a part of the creator fund yet. And I do get reached out to a lot for either brand partnerships, whether they be paid or non-paid, collaborative or, you know, paid. I am not opposed to it. I have just, because I am an artist, I don't, I am weary of my accounts turning into looking more like I'm a social media influencer account. You know, I, I really don't, I want to, for as long as I can, stay away from photos of me on my Instagram with a product. Right. You know, saying this is an ad. And I really don't want my TikTok in, in this moment to be that either of me, like making a video with a water bottle or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> it's funny how many people I went, me and uh, one of our guests yesterday went on like a rant about the water bottle company. I think they reached out to everybody. They did. I, I think they literally, and I was telling him, they reached out to a YouTuber that I follow who has a pretty substantial following, and he was complaining about it on his YouTube channel. And I was like, oh my gosh. He was making because... fun of the rate they offered him, basically. Like he was saying it was just a joke, oh. like how low it was. And I was like, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and I will say, because I saw it all over the place, I was like, maybe I can do this one because I'm not opposed to it. I like, if someone came around that was, you know, it was a guitar company or it was something that I feel like, I know, like I feel like I could really use that makes sense. I will absolutely do it. It's not that I'm completely opposed to it. It's just that nothing necessarily has made sense yet. And I really want to make sense. And I'm, so I'm not opposed opposed to you know monetizing these channels i'm in the process of monetizing my youtube at the moment because there's all these things these check boxes yeah 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 check off and i'm really excited about that but mostly because i feel like i can put out like my best artistic content on youtube for Mm -hmm. people you know and so i think that's my main priority right now versus getting ad deals or getting certain things from tiktok or instagram which i'm just a little bit weary of at the moment and again also is why I'm trying to push from those platforms people to go to my Spotify and people to go to my YouTube because actually right now Spotify is the most Spotify and Apple Music are the most lucrative for me which is all because of TikTok and that's so cool yeah it's like this year has been the first time we've seen actual money real paychecks and it's all because of TikTok so it's possible, people. <laughs> I know. It's funny because like I run a Facebook group of a lot of creators and so many people say like, oh, I don't want to hear from really big creators because I don't feel like I could do that. And I'm like, okay, you guys realize these creators have done this in less than a year. Like, I don't think I've had anyone yeah. on the podcast. Maybe I think Minnie and Tank, who are drag queens that started on Musical.ly, I think they're probably the main ones that had a big following before TikTok. 
when it was musically, but right. most of the people I talked to have grown in the past year and have gone from normal humans on social media to creators, which is really cool to see. And I love hearing about kind of how that's happened. So I usually ask everyone at the end of the podcast, what would you go back and do differently if you were going back and starting over from zero with what you know today? I would have joined sooner. <laughs> I, would have, I would have joined when it was musically. I'm so, so angry about that still because I used to babysit for these two girls who were like 12 and 13, I think, several years ago, four or five years ago. And they tried so hard to get me on this app called Musical.ly that I thought was the silliest thing I had ever seen. And <laughs> I'm just like, oh, why did I not join back then? I could have made so much progress. That's the funny answer. But the real answer would be, I could do it all over again. You know, I think I would film, I would have filmed everything from day one. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think about I, that too. Yeah. Like so much of what people like about the stuff that I put out is the realness of the process for me. And I don't have so much of my process filmed because that didn't click to me until the beginning of this year or, you know, even in March, April, this spring. And so I think if I could go back, I would just film everything just so I had these moments for people to see of all this, this realness around the creative process. I agree with that just even from like a life perspective, because there's a lot of stuff that I want to share. I mean, I'm almost 30, I'm 28. And when I was in college, I mean, we see, you see like Gen Z, like filming themselves, like having mental breakdowns and like, you know, <laughs> like freaking out over final I've never understood filming yourself while you're crying but now I'm like wow I wish I I told someone I wish I documented my mental breakdowns it would have been really good content now um you know like and it's like I'm like looking through my camera roll for like videos from college and like snapchat had just come out yeah you couldn't save them back then like you didn't have the library instagram stories didn't exist no. Like, there was no reason for us to be filming this content five years, or well, six, seven years ago. So yeah. there's just so many yeah. things like that I feel like we miss because we weren't thinking about, con- I mean, this didn't exist, so we can't blame ourselves. But yeah. um, no, 100% I agree. agree. I totally agree that it's like, there's so many moments I wish I had videos of. <laughs> I know. And you never I think know. About that. You never do. There's, yeah, there's so many moments and there's so many, for me, like, there's so many songs and there's, there's so many things that I like that even just a year ago put together that I just don't have like behind the scenes for. I don't yeah. have like how we did that. I don't have how we did this. And like knowing what I know now, I would have filmed every single moment of it. And you know, for people who are just getting started, that's a great way to start, honestly. Just film everything and just see like what's funny what do you think is interesting about your life what do you think is interesting about yourself just film it all and like I bet you other people will find it interesting too and I think a lot of people don't feel like they're interesting like I have those days where I'm like okay I literally work from home I do 
nothing like I edit like I don't feel like you know my life is that exciting but to other people like it's cool that I'm a full-time content creator and I'm like that's cool because I'm wearing sweatpants and the same socks I wore yesterday so (laughs) a lot of people do think that's cool (laughs) so it's like you never know what other people are going to find interesting about you and your brand it's really interesting how just a voiceover and a compilation of clips can perform so well like it's not even like you have to create these most perfect amazing moments like think about you know I think the voiceover was a game changer for TikTok because then you know you can tell a story but one clip can tell a story with depending on what text you put on it and what voiceover you put on it so just having the footage is the first step absolutely I think about that actually Lately with Instagram reels, it's forcing me to think that way because I was definitely in the mindset of like, oh, this has to be epic and this has to be so great. And like, I'm going to have to put together this amazing video. And Instagram reels has shown me that like, it can just be so simple. Like, like you said, this one piece of content, this one video, and depending on the way that you present it to people could literally relate to the masses. Yeah. And all it takes is just a short little clip. Yep. And just knowing, just, I think knowing the platforms and paying attention to what's on the platforms really does help you kind of decide how to shape that clip too, depending, you know, like trends in text and audio, like a trending audio and all of that can make a big difference. I think. True. True. Awesome. Okay. Well, let our listeners know where they can find you and I will put links to everything in the show notes. Thank you. So I'm Emily at Emily Deal, E-M-I-L-Y-D-E-A-H-L on TikTok and Instagram. I'm Emily Deal on YouTube and I am M-L-E-D-E-A-H-L on Twitter. Darn, you couldn't get the full name. <laughs> it was taken. It. Darn it. Okay, awesome. Well, I will link all of her socials for you guys to check out. So make sure you give her a follow and stream her music on Spotify. Oh, yes, that too. <laughs> I'm It'll Emily Deal on Spotify. She's Emily Deal everywhere, okay? I'm Emily Deal Good branding. Okay. Good branding move, okay? <laughs> well, thanks so much <laughs> Thank for joining me. Thank you so much. Me. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.